What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murder. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Murder, and welcome to the new listeners. This week is actually the beginning of a a, a mini series, I would call it. It's a it's four parts. We're covering. I'll drum roll, Sarah. You say it. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. All right. <laughs> Requested by Luella Christner. Yay! Thank you. Hope I hope I do it justice. <laughs> kind of nervous. So, well, before we get started on that, a little bit of business. Y'all, we have two other shows. Check them out. Speaking of missing persons and speaking of hauntings, if you like this show, you'll like those. If you want to see pictures uh, associated with today's episode, check out our Instagram at Missing Murdered Haunted. And uh, we have a Facebook also that you can check out, Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. All right, so get excited. I'm excited. Next week, we're launching our Patreon. Our first bonus episode won't actually air until Saturday. The 30th. The 30th, but we're going to start putting the link out there in the episodes next week. We've got it up and running. We're uh, still adding some of the older episodes to it, so they might not all be on there yet, but you'll see a lot of our episodes up there ad-free. And uh, yeah, make sure you go check out the Patreon. Get subscribed to that. Help us make the show even better. So, all of that said, Sarah. Oh my God, don't turn it to me yet. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not tell mentally about, prepared. Tell us about Ted Bundy. Oh, goodness. No, I'd love to, Bob. I'd love to, Bob. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> love the enthusiasm. Yes. Okay, I just want to go on the record and say, Ted Bundy, cool. But I thought, like, you know, a year from now, when we were, like, better mentally prepared. Because <laughs> he's a hot mess. And I don't know how Samantha's going to feel. But here we go. Funny thing, if you've been listening to us, you know, since the beginning, somehow I end up telling stories that always have to do with some kind of Bob. Okay? so. I sent a group message when I actually looked up Ted Bundy for the very first time. And it said, hey, guess what Ted Bundy's middle name is? Robert. Robert. I didn't believe it. I thought she was making <laughs> it up just to mess with me. So on that note. It's like that name is cursed. Kind of. Although we were not just really talking because... about this. Well, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We I'm were cursed. Me and Sam were just talking about it, to be fair. Well, I mean, <laughs> think about it. <laughs> like, yeah, they're it's... either the murderer or getting murdered or everybody they know is getting murdered. I feel like Robert's just a very popular name. <laughs> There's plenty of Roberts who never have anything to do with murder or being murdered. Well, I'll make you feel better, Bobby. 
later on in this mini series, if that's what we're calling it, there is another Bob, and he is a police officer. So I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that. All right. So on with the show. Ted Bundy was actually born Theodore Robert Cowell on November 24th, 1946. His mother, Eleanor Louise Cowell, gave birth to Ted at the Elizabeth Lund Howell, wait, Elizabeth Lund Home for Unwed Mothers in Philadelphia. She was, they were from Burlington, Vermont, but because she got pregnant out of wedlock, she went to this place to give birth because, you know, you don't want to shun your family, make them the laughing stock of the neighborhood because you're not married when you're pregnant. Back in those days. Yeah, in 1946. She was 22 at the time of his birth. There's a, there's a huge hot button issue on who Ted's father actually is. We'll get into that in a second. All right. Some reports say that after Ted was born, Louise left him at that home for unwed mothers for a couple months, actually. And her f- parents, mostly her dad, Samuel Cowell, made her go get him. For the first three years of Ted's life, he was raised to call his grandparents his parents and his mother his sister. Now I'm going to say, because people are going to come for me. Some reports say he didn't find out the truth until he was a teenager. Some reports say he found out at the age of three. But according to Ted Bundy, he knew all along. He wasn't stupid. He knew there was no way there was an age difference that great between him and his sisters. Right. Well, I doubt a three-year-old sitting here going, you know, something doesn't seem right. (laughs) Well, you're going to learn this three-year-old wasn't a normal three-year-old. Samuel Cowell, so his grandfather, was, people claim he was a violent drunk, he was racist, sexist, he was verbally and physically abusive, he killed animals and tortured them and was super into porn, and there are reports that he would do these things to his daughters, so Eleanor and her sister. Quite the role model. Correct. His grandmother, whose name was also Eleanor, she suffered from severe depression and underwent electroconvulsive therapy when Ted was younger. People say it's because of how Samuel was, but again... There's no way to confirm. So back then, though, didn't they just call it electroshock? Yeah, she went through electroshock therapy. At the age of three, Ted's biological mom, Eleanor, took Ted and left Philadelphia. Before she left, she changed his last name to Nelson, her last name to Nelson, and then she also dropped the Eleanor in her name and just started going by Luis. It's kind of 
because she wanted to start over and she almost wanted people to think that Ted's dad died and she didn't want to be associated with that cowl name anymore. Okay. Now, this is where people say she took him and moved to Washington State to live with her uncle and some cousins. And people say that she took Ted still under the presumption that she was just his older sister, which I don't really believe that. I think he did know she was his actual mom. They moved to uh, Tacoma, Washington, which... I guess is not that far from Seattle because that's where he spent a lot of time when he was older is Seattle. Some sources say she did this because of how abusive her dad was. But other people say it's because one day while her sister was sleeping, Ted, three years old, decided to take all of the knives out of the kitchen and surround her sister in her bed with them. And when she woke up surrounded by knives, he was sitting at the foot of her bed laughing hysterically. That's not even a little bit creepy. Totally normal childhood behavior. At three years old. He's just a practical jokester. You know what? (laughs) That's what my three-year-old does. (laughs) Got you. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. Well, in Tacoma, Luis met a man named Johnny Bundy. They met at church during singles night. What, Bobby? I'm sorry. The dude just sounds like he would be a greaser, you know? Oh, Johnny leather, Bundy. Yeah, yeah, leather jacket with the cuff blue jeans and the whole nine. He's well, just... <laughs> he was a religious man. He was a cook. So he was a square. At the hospital. He sounds like a cast member for... Grease? Yes. Could have been. Doubt it. Apparently, he was a very small man also, like five foot tall. He was described as being very sweet, very caring, but Ted didn't like him. But not because he was, you know, dating his mom. That didn't bother Ted. What bothered Ted is the fact that he had no money and Ted thought he wasn't intelligent. Because what you're going to learn about Ted Bundy is he valued status in life way more than anything else like he did not want people to think he was poor okay Luis and johnny had four children together over a short period of time so he had four siblings half siblings something ted focused on pretty early like i said is different classes of people and if he wanted something he would steal it because At a pretty early age, he thought he deserved to be part of the upper class. And no one knows why he acted this way. He was described as being a loner and shy when he was a kid. And people said he didn't really fit in. But when he was asked about his childhood, he claimed he was very outgoing and had lots of friends. So that's one thing you gotta, that makes this story difficult is because. He always says one thing, and someone else says something different. So it's like, who do you believe? Well, not Ted. Well, I I don't know, though, because towards the end, he was pretty much trying to be as honest as possible to keep from... Yeah, at that point, he's trying to save his own skin. 
But yeah. Yeah, I feel like he probably had a certain level of delusion at a young age. Oh, yeah. He was very much living in a fantasy world. Yeah. Old neighborhood kids said that Ted's favorite thing to do was to make these things he called tiger traps. And he would dig holes in the ground. It's literally like a cartoon. He would dig holes in the ground, stick sharp, pointy sticks in the bottom, and then cover the top with leaves and sticks to try to trap people. And one report says that a girl fell into one of these and cut her leg up pretty badly. So yeah, that's what he did for fun while everybody, all of his friends were playing baseball and basketball and those kinds of things. He was trying to catch tigers, quote unquote. Ted found out around the age of 14 that he was what they referred to as illegitimate. Some reports say that he found out by finding his own birth certificate and seeing that where it says father, it said unknown. I feel like that's when he figured out that his quote-unquote sister was actually his mom. Well, that's what some people believe, but... It's kind of, I don't know, because the other thing says that his cousins, like, made fun of him relentlessly and were calling him a bastard constantly. And when he fought back and was like, no, I'm not, they went and got his birth certificate and showed him that he didn't have a father. It didn't say anything about who his actual mother was, though. What I'm saying is they weren't making fun of him about his mom being his sister or whatever. It was all about you're a bastard because your mom doesn't even know who your dad is kind of a deal. Well, I feel like that was obvious. No, he thought she knew (laughs) who he was. Like she just weren't married. That they just weren't married. Oh. But she gave conflicting stories about who his father was. At first, she said... He was an Air Force man named Lloyd Marshall, but would later change it and say he was a sailor named Jack Wellington. Now, Lloyd Marshall was a real person, and he pretty much said it from what I've read, if that's my kid, so fucking what? I don't want any part of it. But this Jack Wellington dude... Police could find no record of a person by that name ever being in the Navy at that time period. It sounds like a food. Jack Wellington? (laughs) Like Beef Wellington? (laughs) It's like the uh, frozen dinner form of Beef Wellington. Jack Wellington. (laughs) Could be. Well, I feel like the most believed story is that the reason why Louise lied and would never say who she really thought his dad was, is because a lot of people in her family claimed it was Samuel, her dad. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, and she never confirmed or denied it when she was asked by the press later on. Because... She would ignore the question. That's the only... That's the only thing that came to mind as to why he would make her go get Ted from the home for unwed mothers when she left him there yeah it's the first thing that came to my mind too is like if she would have just had a one night stand with some random military dude i don't think that would have made her not wanted because all accounts i've read she was an amazing mom 
She was a really good mom. She stood by Ted Bundy's side his whole entire life, and she never once believed he did the things that he even confessed to doing. Well, at the age of 14 also, Ted was living in the same neighborhood as a girl named Anne-Marie Burr. She was eight years old, and on August 31st, 1961, she disappeared in the middle of the night from her bedroom. When her mom woke up that morning to check on her, on her four kids, because she had four kids, Anne's bed was empty, and there was no sign of a struggle. One of the living room windows was open, and a garden bench was, like, pushed up to the front of the window, and police found a shoe print by the window that looked like it belonged to a teenager. Their house was like super close to the University of Pungent Sounds in Tacoma. I think it's Puget. Puget? Is it? Either way. They lived right by this campus. And during this time, there was like a lot of construction going on. They were like building parking lots for the college. The family of this little girl tried to search that area, but they couldn't without police because it's a university and there's construction happening and whatever. But the family told the police, like, there's a lot of these, like, ditches that they've dug up and they're going to fill in with concrete or whatever. And they claim to have seen a teenage boy over there the day after she went missing like throwing dirt in a hole. But by the time the police went to search the area, the concrete had already been poured for the parking lots. So if that's where her body was, it's still there. There's no way to figure that figure it out. And she's never been found. Ted was a paper boy at the time and frequently visited his uncle who lived in the same neighborhood as this girl. And this girl helped him with his paper route sometimes. He claims that's not true, but other friends of theirs were like, yeah, they knew each other. We knew both of them. She definitely knew Ted. But the case is still unsolved. Ted never would never admit to it, so nobody knows. It's just like speculation. That he had some involvement with them? That he did it because there was no struggle and they believed, like, she willingly went out the window with him in the middle of the night because she knew him. And if he had been, like, hanging out with her for a while before that, who knows? During his high school years, Ted was well, he was well-known, well-liked, but chose to be a loner because he claimed he did not understand how to have a relationship with people. He didn't know how to love anybody or be loved by anybody. That would make sense. Yeah. That's very much sociopath thing. They don't know. They kind of mimic. They don't, like, truly know. Right. During this time, he started to watch women through their windows getting undressed. He was arrested twice as a teenager for suspicion of burglary and car theft. So... After high school, he went to the University of Puget Sound for a year, but he transferred to the University of Washington because he wanted to study Chinese. I know, strange, right? Yeah. This is where... That's a tough language. Yeah. He was really smart. That's the sad part about this. 
He's very intelligent. This is where he fell in love for the first time. But personally, I do not think he actually fell in love with her. I think he fell in love with her status and her money. But it's a girl. It was a girl named Stephanie that and nobody come for me. I know that's not her real name, but that's the name she goes by in most articles. So that's what we're going to call her. Stephanie. They came from completely different backgrounds. She ended up breaking up with Ted after they'd been dating for a while. And he did not take it very well. He was pretty fucking pissed off. But her reason was that she said he was not mature. He didn't want to, like, do the same things that she did. He had no, like, ambition or goals kind of a deal. So she didn't think it would work out. There are people that claim that this relationship created Ted Bundy. But I think that's 100%, I'm going to say it again, 100% bullshit. She had every right to break up with him if she wanted to. Yeah, I mean, her reasonings were valid. Decent reasons. Well, you don't even need a reason. I agree with that. No, you don't need a reason. You should be able to just walk up to someone for absolutely no reason and be like, you know what, bitch, I'm done. Fuck off. But there are people that say that he then went into this revenge mode, which he damn sure he did in certain aspects. I don't think it had anything to do with the murders that he committed. But yes, he wanted revenge against her. He decided at this point, because his feelings were hurt, that he was God forbid. he was going to go back to uh, Vermont and be with family for a little bit, and try to get his shit together. But he didn't stay there very long. He came right back to Washington. But this time he decided he was going to major in psychology. That's ironic. Yeah. And I forgot to say, because I didn't put this in my notes, but I said it to Shauna yesterday. His grandfather was never abusive towards him that anyone knows of it was like he was his grandfather's little sidekick kind of a deal i I feel like he like showed but it's like yes it's like later on it's said that as that young of a child his grandfather may have been showing him pornography and things so just keep that in mind so Also, at this time, when he came back to Washington, he got a job at the suicide hotline with a well-known crime writer. Her name was Ann Rule. At the time, she wasn't a well-known crime writer, technically. I think she was just writing for, like, newspapers. But after Ted Bundy, she became a well-known crime writer. She was good at writing. Like, she was in the process of becoming a writer. But... When you're sitting next to the most infamous serial killer in the United States and have no fucking idea he's a serial killer, I mean, I'd write a book. Yeah, I feel like that would be easy to jumpstart a career off of that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a strong writer. I'd probably just be like, damn, that was crazy. Let me tell you about it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have questions? Okay. Well... Back to work, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I would be telling everyone I knew. 
1969, Ted met a girl we're just going to call Liz. She became his life, like not life, but longtime girlfriend. They dated, some reports said six years, some seven, some eight. Either way, they dated a really long time. And she had, when they met, a three-year-old daughter. Oh, boy. They met in a bar. Ted walked up to her, asked her if she wanted to dance. She said no. So he went and danced with someone else. And then later on, she saw him sitting by himself at a table and went over and started talking to him. And pretty much somehow they were never, they were not separated after that in the beginning. Like they hung out all the time after that. And until recently, Everybody thought he was really good with her daughter. But Liz wrote a book about their relationship, and she wrote this book, like, way back when it happened. But they re-released it. She re-released it after the movie on Netflix with Zac Efron. Zac Efron. She re-released her book and let her daughter, who goes by Molly write a chapter in the book about her experiences with Ted Bundy and it wasn't as nice as people thought it was. After he graduated from Washington University with his psychology degree in 1972, he joined the re-election campaign for Republican Governor Daniel J. Evans. And This was kind of like his bread and butter almost because this is the kind of lifestyle he wanted to live. You know, you're hanging out with rich people, you're flying all over, you're going to parties, you're like meeting all these hot available women. So he felt like you had to meet money to make money. to make money. Got it. Yeah, you know, you got to rub elbows with the rich. And he was, like, definitely in his element with this whole government campaign. After that campaign, because Governor Daniels got reelected, he got a job as an assistant to Ross Davis, who was the chairman of the Washington State Republican Party. And he, Ted, traveled to California because of this job where he reconnected with Stephanie. Ah. At first, Ted was doing both relationships with Stephanie and with Liz. But then by 1973, he was just dating Stephanie and everything was going great. And she thought, oh, my God, you're a totally different person. Like, look at you. You're freaking working with the government officials and you are traveling you're more mature so people think in ted's mind he was like yeah i'm great do you want to get married and she said yes and then his ass ghosted her by january of 1974 he cut off all communication with her would not speak to her wouldn't have anything to do with her and that's why people say it was a long game like I spent all these years just to get back at you for breaking up with me. And now I made you look like an idiot because you're planning our wedding and I'm 
out here living my best life. I feel like he would have had a better reaction if he would have literally just left her at the altar. Yeah, I know. But he he had to get back to Liz. Yeah, he could have left her, gone on a seven-month business trip, have it all planned, never come back. Yeah. Uh, be there on the wedding day. Not really. <laughs> Revenge. I mean, I feel like he got his revenge a little bit. Ted and Liz had an on and off again type of relationship because Ted kind of was like, go where the wind takes me kind of a person. So it was like if he was in Washington, him and Liz were together. If he was not, then they were broken up. And she didn't really, as far as I can see, she like as that I've read, she truly loved him. But she wasn't ever trying to, like, marry him and have some kind of future with him, I don't think. At least she wasn't pressuring him into any of those things. Yeah. So she was the one that later on would call police and say, I suspect he's the Ted you're looking for. But it would take her doing this twice before police would take her seriously because the first time they're like uh no it's not gonna be this you know well-to-do university student who's working with government officials and blah 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 and then the second time they were like well we already cleared him so it can't be him but she would spend a lot of her life having torn feelings almost because she loved him but she thought she was the reason that he got arrested. It took her a long time in therapy to be like, okay, no, he got himself arrested. You did the right thing by calling the police and hounding them and saying, no, I'm telling you, I think he's the Ted that right. you're looking for. No, good thing. Good thing. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, if, when you're in that kind of relationship and Ted is always been described as charismatic and outgoing and good looking and able to talk anybody into anything like he's a salesman he's uh he's very good at politics yeah but it's still a good thing no it's 100% a good thing so that brings us to January of 1974 and that would be the start of Ted's horrible murder spree that would last until 1978. Oh, so four years. So buckle up, bitches, because in part two, we're going to talk about Ted Bundy's horrible murders and probably part three because there are 26 women that he confessed to killing. People think that he killed way, way, way more than that. I was going to say. But by the time he agreed to start confessing, he didn't have a lot of time to confess. So it was pretty much what they could get him to confess to before the fateful day he met the electric chair. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you don't know Ted Bundy got electrocuted in the electric chair, you're living under a rock. Uh, <laughs> uh, then I just arrived from under my rock, I guess. Was it a nice rock? It was. It was lovely. <laughs> I mean, it's not a rock. I'll give you. It's a bold 
there. I'll give you more details about his electric chair experience later on, you know. But yeah, you knew I, he was dead. I know nothing, okay, guys, <laughs> when it comes to serial killers other than their names and some, like, key points of information. But that's not one of those. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know he was, you knew he was dead, though. Well, yeah, obviously, but I okay. didn't know how. Well, I'm sorry I spoiled it for you. Yeah, way to go. <sighs> Damn. Um, Take the suspense out of everything. To be fair, I knew he was dead, but didn't know that he. I actually got electrocuted. That's the end of my first episode of Ted Bundy. Oh, that's part one right there? Yep. All right. His backstory. Right. Okay. Happy Easter, y'all. <laughs> Happy Easter. So make sure you're tuning in next week and checking out the episode descriptions next week because there will be a link to the patreon in there go there subscribe support the show help us make it even better other than that check out our other shows like i said at the beginning you know speaking of missing persons speaking of hauntings check out pictures on the instagram at missing murdered haunted check out the facebook missing murdered haunted podcast and if you have a case suggestion you can tell we take the suggestions. We're doing this one for, what was her name again? Luella Christner. Luella Christner. Thank you for the suggestion. And uh, does anyone have anything else they'd like to add in? Oh, nope. you know what? I forgot to actually tell them where to send the case suggestions. <laughs> send us case suggestions. Send them to our email, <laughs> missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. Way to rush, Bobby. Yeah. No, I'm not rushing. In case you can't tell, we're a little bit of a hot mess because we did Easter today <laughs> with our children. So yeah, we're a hot mess. Anyone have anything else? Nope. Uh, no. Mm-mm. All right. Y'all come back next week. Come back now. You hear? Y'all come back now. You hear? <laughs> bye. 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 bye.